So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. All right, Rockstar Nation, got a great guest coming up from downtown uh, Chicago today. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff is going on in Chicago, and, and this guy's in the forefront of it, and he is an agent, but he has a very interesting way of taking his commissions and a very interesting way of, quite frankly, building wealth through, you know, what he's been able to embody as a real estate agent. So we're going to um, get into some nitty gritty. I am excited. I got Mr. Moses Hall on the line. Moses, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Hey, Moses, why don't you kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they get to know you better? Sounds good. Sounds good. So I'm actually originally from uh, New York City. I uh, moved to Chicago in 2008 to uh, attend an art school. I was in Columbia College. I have a background uh, in music, playing piano. And uh, once I graduated, I uh, started my own event space. Uh, so I had a space uh, that I rented out for private events, photo shoots, movies, all different types of stuff. And then I, uh, I was leasing a commercial space. And then I realized the math of that I should own a commercial property uh, instead of just leasing one. And so that's when the light bulb went off and I decided to go get my broker's license uh, to focus on commercial uh, development and investments. And I've been in the industry since 2014. I recently started my own uh, commercial full service brokerage, Mohawk Commercial Urban Development. Uh, I've been uh, awarded uh, NARs 30 under 30. Uh, Connect Media is one of the most inf influential brokers under 35 in the country. Um, so I, I definitely uh, have uh, a little experience uh, in this industry from the development side and brokering side. That's awesome. And so let's talk about some nitty gritty. Like, how, yeah. like you know, we talk about on the show houses sold or units right. sold. Like how many units would you say, and we're going to get deep into what this all means in a minute, but how many units would you say you've done or, or sold in the last 12 months? Roughly about uh, a little over 100 hundred units that I've done in the last 12 months. Uh, like I said, a lot of these uh, deals I'm in, there are a lot of uh, value add acquisitions uh, that I'm doing uh, where that means an investor's coming in where rents are a little bit below market rate. The building is a little bit outdated. It's a long time owner. 
a little bit of vacancies. So when I come in, I'm the boots on the ground. I get contractors. We fill those vacancies. Uh, you know, I work with property managers in, in order to get these buildings fully functioning. And so when you say 100, would that be 100 separate buildings? Would that be like when, when you say no, that? Like- uh, more, more of a, a hundred combined units that I've done the last 12 months. So, so maybe it may be one building that has 20 units, another building that has 30 units, another building that has, you know, another 15 units. So all combined uh, uh, about a hundred. And, and like, so how many, like, like I think before, before the call, you said you, you mentioned 24, 24 yeah. is what, yeah. 24 total sales basically is yeah. what it added up yeah. to be. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that was a combination of uh, multifamily, retail, uh, like I said, I do office, all those different types of uh, asset classes. Okay. All right. And so where do you get your, like, like where do you get your business, right? You, first of all, you opened up, you, you, you were at a residential brokerage. Yes. As the like commercial guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so what, why did that not work for you or why did you just open up your own brokerage? Well, so, a lot of people are like, oh, wow, that's great because all the residential agents refer you business. Did that not happen? Uh, actually, I did. So prior to opening up my own brokerage, I was at two previous brokerages. So my first brokerage was more residential. Then I transitioned to more of a boutique commercial brokerage. And uh, once I gained that experience, I branched out and got my own, uh, started my own brokerage. However, uh, as you mentioned, I, did, I do get a lot of referrals from residential agents because uh, there's a lot of moving parts in a commercial deal. Uh, that you can't learn by, uh, you know, overnight. And I've taken courses. I've had the training uh, to conduct these deals, not only in the field, but in the classroom as well. Got it. So on this show, you know, we talk about ECI, which is ego commission income, or as a lot of residential agents call it GCI. And I know that what you do with a lot of your commissions is you kind of group them in, you kind of take equity in the project. Like, right. like if you didn't do that, right, and you just took it cash, right, what would you say your, your GCI is? Like what would the total commissions be um, that you would have earned if you had not invested back any of the money? Yeah, so, and that, it's, it's uh, ironic that you bring that up because to be, transparent. I wasn't making a lot of money in commissions. And the reason why that, because I'm going into the lower income communities uh, where the, the home values and property values are not great. So you're talking about, uh, you know, sometimes five, $6,000 at best on a, a deal versus if I bought into the deal or, you know, uh, that number could be tripled, like you said, by putting equity in it. Um, so, because like I said, a lot of my clients are high net worth individuals, uh, they're out of state, out of the country. And the, the, my value proposition is being their boots on the ground. So instead of, like you said, taking the five, $6,000 commission check, because like I said, I'm working in the lower income communities where their property values are not great. If I buy into the deal, it can create more of a generational clash flow and net worth uh, that way. So that was the value proposition. Um, so yeah, to your point, the commissions wasn't great because like you said, I'm yeah, going, so if, yeah. So if you're, if you're doing, let's say 25 deals yeah. at five grand, you know, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a, say a little over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, but if you take that hundred and thousand and you, 
you say, hey, you know, I want in on this deal right. with you and whatever that percentage would be, you know, right. um, of the deal, let's say it's right. 4% of the total deal. You're saying once they develop it and all that stuff, then you own 4% of this big apartment complex, condo right. unit, uh, retail strip center, whatever the hell they decide to build right. there, right? Is that, right. So that's kind of what's going on? Right. Yeah. For me, that was the easiest way um, to get into this industry is to partner with those that have the funds um, that can put it up. And for that, like you said, in exchange for that, we have our own agreements. It depends on the investor and developer um, that I'm the boots on the ground and you know, pretty much project managing it. So, yes. So, so, so do you get three times that's just your fee or are you saying in the future it would be worth it, three times the well, commission? It, 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 it all depends on the agreement. It depends on the strategy. Some of them are not buy and hold strategy. Some of them are fix and flip. Mm. And, you know, uh, for, one, for one example, I have a client that, you know, he puts up, the majority of the money, I put a little skin in the game, such as the carrying costs of when we're fixing and flipping. And then, like you said, I'm, I'm handling getting the contractors, all that stuff, plans, permits, all that good stuff. And then at the end of it, we split profits 50-50. So that's mm. kind of, like you said, it, it all depends on the- It all depends. But you could yeah. go to someone and say, hey, I got- you know, I know, you, you know, I know a, a block that, that I can get all the owners together and sell- you know, cut me in for 10% and we'll do that. Yeah. I mean, is that, can you do that? Yeah. 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 I mean, so you like can you kind said, of name uh, your, your equity price. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, investors are always looking for deals. And if you're that boots on the ground in the community, you know, certain uh, aldermen within the Chicago area, you go to the community meeting. So you know what's going on. You see a, a, a deficit and stuff like that. Then you can go in and, and make a value proposition to your clients. So, like, give me give me an example of a really good one you did. Not that you flipped, but maybe that you you've held on to. So, yeah. So, like I said, uh, it might be uh, um, more more so. Right now, the 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 strategy has been flipping instead of holding. Just for right now, we're just kind of uh, like you said. Right now, there's been a lot of corners about the market. And so a lot of investors are just saying, you know, hey, I, I just want to get in, get out. So that's kind of what I've been doing recently. And that's kind of been the, the, the structure 50-50 split. Uh, but in the previous uh, times, like I said, like you said, I, I may ask for maybe, you know, three to five percent equity, you know, on the back end of, of stuff. And that's kind of how I kind of buy because that, that would be my commission. So instead of taking the commission... I'll just put that back into the deal. And when you do that over time, you know, you're building, even if it's a small portion, um, as realtors, like you say, you don't want to be solely reliant on commission checks. Um, so, so a lot yeah. of people listen and be like, yeah, but I, but I spend everything that I make. You know what I mean? Like easy said, easier said than done, Moses. So how did you, you know, how did you have the, the patience or the just ability to do that, right? Because well, like- a lot of people say, well, shit, you know, he was only making, you know, a hundred grand. He probably was spending a hundred grand. It's very hard to say, Hey, I don't need a commission. You know what I mean? Yeah. To say, I don't need a commission. Give it to me in equity, which I think is brilliant. But right. like, a, what advice do you have for people that, 
are thinking in their minds that they can't do that? Well, I think the biggest thing is, and I had to learn this early on as well, uh, it's not about how much you make, it's how much you can save. And, and what I mean by that is cut your expenses. I know as realtors, we want to drive in the latest bins, we want to have the biggest house, we want to put on this show front that we've made it. But in reality, some of my biggest clients, they roll around in the oldest cars with t-shirt and jeans and they literally cut their expenses you know and have i think as agents i think we have to kind of come to that realization if you cut back on that starbucks you know outing every day spending you know twenty dollars a day and all that type of stuff uh you can definitely see some savings so i, I think for me i've cut back on my expenses and uh, like you said, I built up my my reserves to where I can kind of afford to move around a little bit to invest into these deals. And uh, just a quick tidbit, you know, I was watching a video on uh, social media. It was with one of the actors and uh, the Lion King. He was the one of the singers uh, that sung the Lion King song. And he told a story about how his mother, uh, instead of taking two million dollars up front that Disney wanted to offer him, he took one hundred thousand dollars. And on the back end, he they negotiated that he get residuals and he's over uh i think he's over 40 now and and he said he's made over the two million dollars because of the residuals that he's gotten on the back end so it's not always about, about this is two. for the movie the original it, movie yeah the original movie there was so there they, was, they did original movie the lion yeah, king the know, lion king which is yeah, 20 yeah. years old right and then yeah and then so he, he, he would like sing all the, the African songs and stuff yep. that he did in the background. Yeah. Then, you know, he, his mom basically gave him advice and said. Well, yeah, know, his mom the, negotiated with Disney's. They were like, because if they took the two. Because he was a kid. Why was it? Why was his mom in there negotiating? Yeah, he was a kid. He was a kid. Okay. Yeah. He was like only like nine, nine, ten. He was a actor, a kid actor. And his mom negotiated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Not, it was not, like not, a voiceover. Yeah. And so instead of taking the $2 million up front with no residuals, they took $100,000 and he's going to get residuals for a lifetime and which passes on to the next generation. So it's part of his, his uh, generational wealth. And even though they didn't take that $2 million, but he's made over $2 million over Right, of course. And he'll make it for that because that's a yeah. classic. I mean, the Disney movies. Yeah. And you can't kill a Disney movie. Like, you no. literally cannot kill a Disney movie. Right. Like, it, keeps, it, it is like, it, it could last literally like five, it could last 10 <laughs> lifetimes. Right. And so, yeah, so the whole point of that story is kind of the same thing with agents. You may want to get that upfront commission, but in the back end, you'll make, more money over time. And so that's kind of the philosophy that I'm applying is, you know, for me personally, I don't want to be 80, 90 years old, still trying to sell properties. I want to have a retirement plan. And so this is, I mean, why not invest in the product that you're selling uh, to create a long-term uh, wealth? So that's kind of why I'm starting now. And when I get of age that I want to retire, I have a portfolio of things that I, I can lean back on. No, that's awesome. I, I think it's extremely smart. And I think that, you know, you, you, the sacrifices that you make now at, at your age will pay you for a lifetime if, if you have the strength to do it. A lot of young kids don't. A lot of people, no matter what their age is, don't. Right. right? They, can't, they can't do it. Um, Absolutely. So how old are you? I'm 29. You're 29. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that, because what happens is as you get older, you, you start, you know, you get a family, you get kids, you get, you get a house, two cars, you know, and right. then you got to keep up with all the neighbors. So you get better cars and you get better <laughs> lawnmowers and it's yeah. like, and then it's too late, you know, you're stuck on in that rat race. And absolutely. Uh, so I think it's great that you focused on that. tribeofmillionaires.com guys write that down rockstar nation got a free special offer for you now i've just written a book and it's just been published co-authored it with david osborne who's been on this show multiple times if you don't know david he is one of the top execs at keller williams real estate was personally mentored for the last two decades by gary keller himself and he's in all kinds of businesses his bio and explanation and everything is in this book but anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about opportunity zones because I know there's a, a bunch of them and kind of, I, you know, I have to assume that not everybody is savvy on this subject. I'm just going to kind of talk about it and then you could you could add to it but basically okay. what it is it's a it, uh, an opportunity zone is something you could do the trump came out with this uh he had a lot of help from uh the justin timberlake guy uh, that justin timberlake played uh, i can't remember his name that started napster um and 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 they came up with that he played in that movie the social network um, Sean something. Anyways, they came up with this plan where basically if you make money any way, shape or form, it doesn't have in, in, in a capital gain. It doesn't have to be real estate is the point. A good example is I'm, I'm doing one personally where I invested in a, a small startup company and it's sold. And um, so I got a gain from that. And normally I would have to pay taxes right away on that gain, but I can take that gain and invest in real estate like a 1031 tax deferred exchange and defer that. So it's happening, but, but the problem is you have to put it in certain zones. You have to put it in certain things that are labeled based on the census, uh, low income. So Chicago has a lot of these zones where investors can take money that they made on, say, stock, company sales, really anything, right, that's a capital gain, and plug it into these opportunity zones in Chicago. So talk to me about that. I'll let you start talking. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, as you kind of mentioned, the, the difference with uh, 1031 exchange and opportunity zones is that opportunity zones allows you to put capital gains from anywhere where you made it in the stock market, whether you sold equipment, whether you, you know, sold a company, you can take it and put it into real estate versus 1031 exchange. It has to be real estate for real estate. And so this, uh, like you said, this tax incentive 
Uh, I know there's like uh, different breaks at depending on how long you you owe it. Uh, you know, you hold it for a certain amount of years, you get this percentage. You hold it for another, get, get this percentage. But if you hold it past ten, uh, you don't have to pay any uh, capital gains on uh, tax on on your uh, earnings. And so this is, has uh, spurred a lot of interest in a lot of developers and investors to invest to you know, like you said, almost like a, ta- a tax shield. Um, the only thing is, is, is they're still trying to figure out how this all will completely work. I know in the Chicago market, it can be a little bit tricky trying to you know, invest and be in all the guidelines. I know some of the uh, guidelines is that the amount that you purchase um, the building for is the same amount you have to put in capital improvements. So sometimes on the Chicago South side, you know, if you buy a building for 500,000, it's hard to put another 500,000 in capital depending on the structure because then it, it may not value out. But uh, the, the thing that really happens is, is kind of like you said, people come together at the same time redeveloping, um, then property values will go up. I know here in Chicago, uh, there's a developer uh, named Leon Walker. He's doing a, a great work in the Inglewood community. He's uh, developed uh, the Whole Foods Square. So he's bought a major retailer like Whole Foods, uh, Chipotle, Starbucks to a lower income community, which has uh, it has a rippling effect where now the property values in Inglewood has gone up. They've just actually added a, a, a STEM school in Inglewood. So when you have these things, it begins to uh, appreciate the value in these lower income communities and in which gives an opportunity for someone to come and it's zoned an opportunity zone to invest. And uh, like you said, not have to pay capital gains uh, tax on their uh, money. Um, so yeah, it's a great opportunity for those that are looking. It's a more of a long-term strategy. It's not like I'm a uh, go in and, and make a bunch of money and you know do all this stuff. It's more you got to have patience, and, yes. I, and I think that's why a lot of people originally when it came out were real excited, and now people are are less excited because right. ten years is a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like. You, your money's illiquid for that time. And, and right. of course, everything's going to do, should do well over a 10-year period. I mean, real right. estate always does well over long periods of time. It, it is interesting to watch, though. And, it, and, and like Moses said, you can't do this on like a, you can't just buy a, a house and do this, really, unless you're going to tear down the house and rebuild right. it. Right. You know, you really have to do it on a lot or you have to do it on something like, well, like in Chicago or like Baltimore, where you, you're basically bulldozing the row houses and then yeah. redoing it because you had to put, like he said, 100% back of what you paid for the land or the actual buy itself. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Uh, and and one, one of the things they, they did, they it, not with the Opportunity Zone, but similar to what you said with the Starbucks and the Whole Foods, there, there was a you know, it was it 15 years ago or so they created Harbor East down in Baltimore. And they, I remember reading a story that Whole Foods came to, they, they, that basically this developer wanted Whole Foods so bad and Whole Foods was like, no, nah, I'm not going to go in there. It's ghetto. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to, it's a Whole Foods, you know? Yeah. So they basically built this building and they go, okay, here's the deal. You can live here for free. You only pay us, you know, a percent of your profit 
So basically, you have to profit. And if you don't profit, you live here for free. And then as your profit goes up, you just keep paying that percent as rent. And something like, and then at any time, you can, you can flip it over and you have normal market rent, but that's up to you. So Whole Food was like, well, what do we have to lose, right? Like right. We, we're, gonna rent, we're gonna make money. The people are gonna come to us and yeah, we'll lose money up front, but we don't have to pay rent. Right. You know what I mean? And we, right. so, so it, it worked out well. And now the whole area is gentrified. I mean, it's like, you know, right. completely different. And so right. that's, I'm sure, what they did there. So, right. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's more of a long term, long term strategy thing. Um, like you said, initially everyone was excited and just trying to just pour money into these opportunity funds. Um, but now, like you said, now that they're releasing more information about the details, you know, it, it's it's a it's not like a overnight thing. You have to be real strategic in how you place your, your money. Yeah, most people with money, you know, they get excited when they profit, right? So they're yeah. like, "Yeah, I just made this money," and then they're like, "Well, you know, you can't flip the money again for ten years. It's just a long." I don't right. know. It's kind of like with you. With it's like the Lion King story. Yeah your story it's like you really get rich slow right and and right. most people don't have the ability to get rich slow right, it was, right. I, I remember reading about this marshmallow test that they did at harvard i don't know if you ever heard this one and i'm going to screw up the, the <laughs> details of this but they basically gave like 100 kids a marshmallow and they said you can eat this marshmallow now or you could let it sit here for 10 minutes and you get a second marshmallow. And uh, the, these are like four-year-olds, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they filmed them, right? Yeah. The fact of the matter is almost like so many of them just ate the marshmallow. Right? Yeah. That, you know, I'm in, I can't sit here and not, you know. Yeah. But the, there was like five that did it, you know, that waited for yeah. that second marshmallow. And then they followed those five, and all of them ended up being so much more successful wow. than, than, the, than the average of the rest of the 95, um, just because they had that ability to defer gratification. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and which is it's so funny you say that, because now we live in a society where we are, we, we are looking for instant gratification with social media, our technology, our phones, computers. It's, it's just the way of the world. So when you come across someone that has patience and very strategic in how they move, I mean, that's, that's super rare. And I'm pretty sure, like you said, they are a little bit more successful in life um, instead of making rash decisions. Yeah. No, they all, they followed them until they, they a long time, they followed, like decades, they followed wow. them. They all were like, you know, owned houses had stable were healthy like you know what i mean just had that self-control so if that's something you could if you don't have that and you need to develop it and start thinking and if you're a real estate agent you know and you're not in the commercial space or you don't have opportunities like moses did there's no reason you can't pretend you're moses and just be like okay well i am going to get a you know a check for five grand on this let me invest it in 
in a deal. You know, let me invest it in something. Let me invest, let me buy some real estate with it. Just because you have to take that extra couple of steps and cash the check and then reinvest it doesn't mean you shouldn't. That's essentially what I did my whole life. So, like, like, what would you recommend to people listening that maybe don't work with investors, that want to work with investors, that want to start doing what you're doing in their areas? Well, I would suggest if you want to work with investors, go to where investors are at. Uh, look up your local investor meetup groups. Go to networking events. Go to conferences. Go to... I mean, I, I get involved in your local association if you're a realtor or, you know, um, you know, your local community groups. This is where you're going to meet tons of people. Um, like you said, uh, there's also a, a Southside Investors Meetup group that meets like once a month. I met people there. Like you just have to get out there and, and, and meet investors. And you have to put yourself out there that you want to work with investors. That's kind of how I built my network of, of people and then also um, the name of the game is listings. Um, I get a lot of listings. And from those listings, I'm able to market and build my uh, email database. And so a lot of times, a lot of my listings get multiple offers. A lot of times they're not represented by other agents. A lot of times they're out of state, out of the country. And I built my database from there as well. So you want to get listings as marketing tool. You want to go out to networking events. You want to hand out your business card. You want to Market yourself as the, uh, as the expert that knows how to work with investors and developers. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reek, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level. Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation, it is time to finish the year strong. The year is almost over, and it's time to sprint. You know, in my real estate career, I always doubled down at the end of the year because all of the other agents were not working during November and December. So I took full advantage. This is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes 
in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents at Prospect, thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the US use my outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week. We're gonna give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled scaling your business with virtual professionals so you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything it's called scaling your business with virtual professionals and you can get it real easy all you got to do is text the word hyban h-i-b-a-n to 31996 that's h-i-b-a-n to 31996 and download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys, and I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk. So like aside from the referrals that you get yeah. from networking events or other agents, which you said kind of lacked, it didn't really work. It worked a little bit, but how, what, what would you say your number one sources aside from referrals and, and, and networking? Oh, my number one source. Like, what do you do? I, like, what do you do aggressively? You know what I mean? To get biz. Well, to, to get biz, like you said, I, I get listings. I'm gonna be honest. I oh. get listings. Yeah. Really, how do I really do it? Really, it's just word of mouth. It's really word of mouth. Um, and the way, like you say, if you work with one investor, they'll tell the other friend, and 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 that's kind of how you know. And then people see my signs in neighborhoods and call me like, "Hey, I saw that you sold such and such, uh, and I, I did something that a previous agent couldn't do." You know, I, I literally just sold a, a retail uh, development structure. It was over 15,000 square feet. It was previously listed with uh, another agent for over a year. Couldn't get it done. I came in, talked with the sellers. I got a, a cash offer within 30 days. And um, so that's the type of aggression. So that word of mouth, they're going to keep spreading like, hey, I know this guy. I know this guy. How did you do that? Like, what, what did it look like? 15,000 square feet. Did it have tenants in it or was it vacant? No, it was, it was vacant, run down. It was, used to be a dry cleaners. It was a big lot on a busy street. And what I did was, like you said, my marketing game, I, I do videos, I do photos, I do drone. Like how uh, long was it empty? Would you say? Maybe about, maybe about two or three years. It was okay, empty. So it wasn't like mold growing everywhere. And no, it was. Trees it was. growing through. It was. It was. It was. It was screwed up. Because they yeah, probably had a lot of steam and stuff in there from the yeah, dry I mean, it was it's a complete gut, but I had to paint the picture of the end goal, and and um, I was able to sell it to another developer, 
And uh, like you said, my marketing, one thing that I, I, I go hard on is I use social media to my advantage. I use Instagram, Facebook, especially LinkedIn, marketing to other developers. Um, and that's how also I get a lot of uh, clients. So let well. me talk to you about that. So, um, okay, so, so I'll use this one as an example, right? You, you, it was on a corner lot, so you're like great opportunity, path of growth, that sort of thing. Yeah. Was it opportunity zone? Actually, no, it wasn't Opportunity Zone, but it was what's called a, a TIF district. Mm. So, that uh, which that means uh, the city has set aside funding, almost kind of like your Whole Foods story, uh, that developers can come in and tap into. Uh, it's an incentive for developers to come in and develop on, on land. So they have set aside money for that. So you it's like a bonus or something. Yeah, bonus. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they got a vacant property, right, that's, that's just sitting there that, broken windows and mold yep. growing through it and they want to get rid of it and and it and it just makes the makes the everything look bad when, yeah, when that happens does. and then people were like throwing uh like furniture and tires on the line and so we had to get that <laughs> so it was just it was just an eyesore so i had to go in there and talk with the uh the, it was a family that owned it and give them a strategy of how we're going to get this done and mm -hmm. I was able to come and get this. It was listed for over a year, no activity. I came in yeah. there. I told them, this is what we have to do. I'm very data-driven. I'm looking at markets. I'm looking at all the numbers. I'm very number-driven. I'm going to look at what's taking place in the market and give you an assessment. And so when I come in there with that professionalism and market data, it, uh, it allows me to efficiently do my job. And so when you do that, you earn the trust of the client. They give referrals. They have other people that own businesses and properties and so that's kind of how i built my name and from there and like you said the marketing when i get a listing like you said just off this one um listing i've, I've gotten over i would say 70 leads of mm -hmm. other business owners um that are looking in the area so you know like you said once you get one listing you can market it and get other things and those clients will buy and those clients will have other properties and from there you just kind of build your pipeline and, and, and specifically, you mentioned LinkedIn, like specifically, do you link in, uh, you know, do you find like developers in the Chicago area and link to like, what do you do specifically so people can learn from it? So what I do is I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you go to these events and you meet people and once you meet them, just don't get their business card, connect with them on LinkedIn. So that mm. you can, the way, reason I like LinkedIn is because it keeps me abreast on what's going on in my local market, national market, everything that's taking place because I'm meeting people from all over the world. And when I post a listing, what I really like about LinkedIn is you can post something and someone in your network can like it that you're connected to and mm. then it'll show up on their network feed. So it may be people I'm not even connected to on LinkedIn. We may be third, fourth removed. But they'll see my listing and they'll sort say, of oh, like hey. social proof, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. I met that dude, Moses. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden they see this dry cleaner and you're like, hey, I right. just listed this. They're like, okay, well, he's not all talk. He really is doing some biz. And right. then next thing you know, they're like, oh, I know a guy. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's, it's the, the saying that says your, your network is your net worth. That's what I live by. And I make sure that I built my network up, that I have a lot of developers. It's about connecting, meeting people. And like I said, I don't spam people. I let people follow my journey in real estate and people love that engagement. I think uh, my latest post that I post, 
I, I think I had over 20,000 views on this post. So that's kind of the reach that I get on my LinkedIn profile. Crazy. Yeah. All right. So what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to put, I'm going to put his LinkedIn. Here's your assignment. I'm going to put his <laughs> LinkedIn thing. You want to follow this guy. Yeah. I'm going to put it on hybendigital.com backslash Moses Hall. And I'm also going to put his free gift on hybendigital.com backslash Moses Hall. What, Moses, what's your free gift today? Uh, my free gift is, I know a lot of times, I, I, like you said, I know I'm a commercial guy, but I know a lot of times buyers, when you're buying a property, you don't know the, the next steps. And so what I've gifted you guys is an outline of a typical process in the buying process. So it outlines the, the, the time frame to turn in earnest money, time frame typically to do inspection, all this stuff. And, and it's, a, it's a huge help. It's a quick tool that you can give to your clients to like, hey, I don't know the next steps uh, in the buying process. Oh, here's a sheet that spells it out for you. Yeah, that's so great because most yeah. of these listeners are residential people. So, yeah. you know, it'll help them. Because they may have an opportunity with a commercial deal and they'll be like, yeah. hmm, maybe I won't refer it out. Maybe I'll just do it myself and earn a commission, right. which, right. which I, I recommend they do because, you know, it's a great way to learn commercial real estate. Right. But like I said, there are limitations depending on wh what type of commercial it is. You definitely want to, because uh, there's different types of commercials such as retail and multifamily and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, and you want to just be, you know, you want to represent your client to the best of your ability. But like I said, the best way to learn is to get in the field. And that's kind of how I learned myself. I love it. All right, guys. So uh, that'll also be in the agent success toolbox, which is on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or texting the word toolbox to 444-999. And again, if you want to reach out to Moses and say hello or follow him on social media or whatever, Thank him for his information or learn more about Chicago. It'll be on hybendigital.com backslash Moses Hall. Moses, it's been a blast, buddy. If I'm ever in Chicago, I will definitely look you up and yes, uh, we'll get together and break some bread. Sounds good to me. I appreciate the opportunity. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, 
the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe and listen. There's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.